Heyo! Hail and welcome to A is for Agrimony, or AFA, where I share my coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. I am Margot, your host who does like half of the most. 60% of the time, I work every time. <laughs> uh, happy new moon if you're listening to this on Friday when the episode drops. It is uh, the new moon, and it's time to get serious. Just kidding. This new moon is actually giving big relief vibes. Big, chill out, and relax vibes, especially following Mercury retrograde and an eclipse season. (sighs) It's needed. So today's new moon in Taurus, which will be occurring at 11.53 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, shortly before the moon moves into Gemini at 2.49 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Seems perfectly positioned to help us in restoring balance and order to our lives. And while the new moon is positioned in Taurus, I might add, so are the sun, as with all new moons, Jupiter, Mercury, Uranus, and the North Node are all also hanging out in the Venus-ruled Earth sign. What a time to be a bull. So as you know, new moons are generally associated with new beginnings, setting intentions and initiations, and freshening the energies surrounding different aspects of your life. And the sign of Taurus is all about the material, stability, practicality, abundance, beauty, especially the beauty of nature, and sensual pleasures. Combining any of these themes with the energy of fresh starts and new intentions can bring both an extra boost to the magic in these areas, um, but also some truly valuable insights leaning into the new moon in Taurus for personal growth, transformation, and manifestation. So this new moon in Taurus, try focusing on what it is in your life that you value the most and indulge in it. Take comfort in it. Focus your protective magic around it. And although the energy of Taurus could be a bit headstrong or downright stubborn, Try to think of ways that you can find new avenues of growth and expansion through these deeply valued aspects of your life. Remember, Jupiter is in the same sign. Outside of the area of valuable assets and growth, Taurus urges us all to enjoy all the simple pleasures as we set new goals and intentions. It encourages us to slow down and take in the beauty around us and make time for some relaxation which will come as a relief following the last few weeks with Mercury in the microwave and eclipses tossing our sense out the window. So under this refreshing and super chill new moon, it's all about prioritizing your self-care and evaluating what matters most to you or reevaluating it. So break out your PJs, light some incense, and do exactly what you feel like doing rather than what you think you should be doing. So let's talk about where we are in Fortune and Flora. This is a Fortune and Flora episode, by the way, (laughs) because the fool's journey has led to one very elusive and intriguing character in the tarot, the hermit. As we all know by now, the fool's progression through the major arcana symbolizes the various stages and experiences a person may encounter in their spiritual journey, life path, or voyage to the self. So taking just a few steps back before diving in with the hermit, 
Our fool, or the hero of this particular journey, has recently left the company of the chariot, from whom they learned about willpower, determination, and progress, as well as taking control, moving forward, and overcoming obstacles. Then they went on to encounter the figures of the strength card, who offer an understanding of courage, fortitude, and resilience. But most importantly, the patience and compassion, as well as the ability to tame one's inner beast or wildness that make up a quiet inner strength. Through these lessons, the fool is now equipped to call upon the strength, maturity, and self-control that they have inside of them when they encounter setbacks along their journey. Now, something else entirely is happening. If you remember in previous episodes, I've mentioned that you can look at the figures of the major arcana as individuals that are encountered and learned from during the hero's journey, or you can look at them as what the fool and also you will embody as you learn these major life and spiritual lessons along your way. Well, the hermit is definitely one card that is sometimes easier to imagine the fool becoming rather than simply meeting on his journey because the fool is required to integrate the lessons that they've learned so far along their journey. And in doing so, they take the time to stop, think, question how the world works, seek truth, and engage in some deep introspection and self-education in order to start seeing the connections between all things. And in this process, they retreat from the outside world for a time, letting solitude be their greatest teacher. So let's take a look at the Hermit card and how it looks in the traditional Rider-Waite-Smith tarot before we dive further into its meaning. Unlike many of the cards in the tarot deck, this one lacks a great deal of detail or any flourish, which perhaps points to the simplistic nature of the way of the Hermit. His state of being doesn't require much more than what is needed for survival and, of course, his mind. So what we see is an old man standing tall, seemingly at the top of a lonely mountain, cloaked head to toe in gray, sporting a long white beard, and holding a long staff in one hand and a glowing lantern in the other. His staff represents his authority and quiet power, used to guide and support him on his journey while his gray robes that shroud his form in combination with the long beard that seems to hide his face imply the hidden knowledge and wisdom that will stay concealed from those that are not worthy or not ready to have revealed to them. The color gray also signifies invisibility and wisdom, attributes that further describe the nature of this individual's current life or status. Inside the lantern, the light shines in the shape of a six-pointed star, representing the Seal of Solomon. The seal, which is attributed to King Solomon in Western occultism and is also referred to as the Star of David in Jewish traditions. In this case, this star represents the revelatory inner vision that the hermit possesses. It is worth noting that the six-pointed star is also considered to be the symbolic epitome of as above, so below, from the Emerald Tablet of Hermes Trismegistus. 
Throughout the ages, it has been used in occultism for the conjuring of spirits as well as for the protection of evil. And its position of prominence in Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, and even Christianity is evident. The mountain under the hermit's feet is snow-covered, indicating that he has climbed very far to reach the top. Ascending the very heights of illumination, now a lone figure, shining his lantern to light the path for those below. It's worth noting that in the Visconti tarot of the 15th century, the figure of the hermit card resembled Father Time, with the wise old man carrying an hourglass, representing his maturity and wisdom gained through time. Some have suggested that this particular Visconti card may have been depicted as Kronos during the Renaissance period. And over the years, the old man on the card eventually became the sage or hermit, and the hourglass was replaced by the lantern that we recognize today. So the hermit is the ninth card in the major arcana. In numerology, the number nine is the number of wisdom and experience. As the final numeral, the number nine symbolizes awakening and inner wisdom through life experiences and struggles. It represents impressive and hard-learned mental and spiritual lessons. If you were to give the number nine just four major meanings, they would be lessons learned, humanitarianism, culminating energy, and a complete journey. Lessons learned we just covered with those hard-learned mental and spiritual lessons through experience and struggle. Humanitarianism is the essence of number nine, that of self-sufficiency as well as self-sacrifice for the greatest good. For nine, any value placed on the self as well as others, including those with different lifestyles, cultures, beliefs, or religions, are equal. There is no judgment or prejudice, just an intense concern for humanity. Culminating energy. Number nine, as the last single-digit number, signifies finality in a cycle and implies the entering into the final stages of a path or an era. For this reason, the number nine is tasked with wrapping up loose ends and leaving the past in the past. And finally, a complete journey. Again, as the last of the single-digit numbers, it heralds a culmination but not an absolute ending. Instead, more like the completion of one cycle, as well as the preparation for a new one to begin. A little like death and the world cards in the tarot. When one door closes, a new one opens. Spiritually, the number nine is about enlightenment, awakening, completion, and judgment. Also, I feel like I need to include a little mathematical trick about the number nine. No matter how many times you multiply the number, you will always get a product that reduces back to the number nine again. Uh, <laughs> this always makes me geek out, and it's literally never going to wear off. I always freak out over it. Uh, number nine will always reduce back to itself. For example, nine times three equals 27. Two plus seven equals nine. 9 times 25 equals 225. 2 plus 2 plus 5 equals 9. To say that the energy of the number 9 simply will not diminish is evident in mathematics alone. Uh, when I played soccer back in school, I wore number 9 for me a ham, but now I wish I was clever enough back then to say that that was the true reason. According to coolest.com, in astrology, the number nine means 
two things, which are influenced by the zodiac signs Sagittarius, Scorpio, and Aries, and the planet Mars. Firstly, number nine in astrology is related to Mars. It's the planet of fiery passion and ambition relating to imagining a better world. Secondly, the number nine in astrology is associated with Sagittarius and two of the zodiac signs ruled by Mars, Aries, and Scorpio. The ninth zodiac sign is visionary, and together with the fiery passion and ambitional influence of Mars in Aries and Scorpio, they represent the essence of the number nine. In other words, number nine in astrology is an intuitive visionary whose efforts are directed toward good causes. So back to the hermit card, because I've just covered quite a bit about the number nine that definitely calls back to our wise old man on the mountain. Uh, A few correspondences for him. His ruling element is earth. The ruling zodiac sign is Virgo, and the ruling planet is Mercury. Virgos on the surface seem humble, self-effacing, industrious, and practical. But on a deeper level, they are frequently natural, kind, and sympathetic, as befits their zodiac sign. They're logical, quick-thinking, and systematic in their approach to life. This earth sign is a perfectionist at heart and isn't afraid to improve skills through diligent and consistent practice. Yet, they have so much mental energy that they are frequently stressed and tense. Mercury rules over a person's intelligence, mentality, analytical skills, reactions, communication, body language, impression, etc., and gives a strong desire to explore and gain knowledge. So when you step back and take a look at the broad picture, all these visual elements, numerical qualities, and astrological properties are painting, you can see why the hermit symbolizes introspection contemplation, wanting or finding solitude, private self-reflection, seeking enlightenment and spiritual experiences, meditation, being discreet, privacy, home study, withdrawing from society, patience, self-exploration, therapy or counseling, self-help, deep thought, contemplation, and wisdom. The hermit walks a solitary path, yet finds wisdom and solace within the silence of private thought. So the hermit card carries multiple meanings and interpretations. Uh, And here are some common ones. Soul searching. The hermit represents a period of introspection, self-reflection, and inner guidance. It suggests the need to withdraw from the outer world and seek solitude to explore one's inner self and gain deeper insights, wisdom, and mentorship. Often associated with wisdom, knowledge, and spiritual guidance, the hermit signifies the presence of a teacher or mentor who can offer valuable advice and illumination on one's path. Solitude and retreat, as in the need for solitude and retreat from the noise and distraction of everyday life. The hermit encourages taking time for oneself to recharge, find clarity, and reconnect with one's inner truth seeking truth and enlightenment. This card can represent a quest for truth, seeking answers to life's deeper questions, and a desire for spiritual enlightenment. It suggests a journey towards higher consciousness and a deeper understanding of oneself and the world. Inner healing and reflection. 
The Hermit card often indicates a period of healing, both emotionally and spiritually. It invites introspection, self-analysis, and facing one's shadows to initiate personal growth and transformation. Patience and Time This wise recluse advises patience and taking things slowly. It reminds you that some answers and insights require time and cannot be rushed. It encourages embracing the present moment and trusting the unfolding of the journey. Detachment and non-attachment. The hermit can sometimes appear to encourage the detachment of oneself from material possessions, expectations, and external influences. It encourages letting go of attachments and finding inner peace and fulfillment independent of external circumstances. I know that as a Taurus son, that is a lesson that I have to learn repeatedly. Illumination and light. The hermit's lantern represents the inner light of wisdom and guidance. It suggests that even in times of darkness and uncertainty, there is a source of inner illumination to guide one's way. Intuition and inner knowing. Emphasizing the importance of listening to one's intuition and inner voice. Much like the high priestess, the hermit also encourages the trusting of one's instincts and inner wisdom as a reliable compass in making decisions and navigating life's challenges. And finally, spiritual retreat or mentorship. In some interpretations, the hermit can represent a literal retreat or seeking guidance from a spiritual teacher or mentor. It indicates a period of deep spiritual study, meditation, or joining a spiritual community. Remember that these meanings are not fixed or rigid. Uh, The interpretation of the hermit card, or any card for that matter, can vary depending upon the context of the reading and the reader's intuition. It's important to consider the surrounding cards and the specific question or situation when interpreting the hermit's message. That's actually one reason why it can be difficult to read for others. I understand why some people approach a tarot reading with skepticism and for that reason prefer not to uh, reveal the specifics around their inquiry or what's going on in their life that they want some insight on because they don't want to reveal too much and basically get scammed. But as a tarot reader, you're just giving them the meanings of the cards as they're laid down on the table. It's so much easier to help them interpret that meaning when you understand the context or the inquiry or the situation that they're looking for a reading on. Um, I just read off like a thousand meanings for (laughs) for the hermit card. So without any context, the individual who is getting a reading has to figure that out for themselves. But with context, the tarot reader is really, really able to help them zone in on the meaning of this particular card as it pertains to their situation and help them find the guidance that the card is trying to provide. And it can be very difficult without any context. So that's the whole point of explaining why the meaning really, really relies on what the inquiry is. I'm not a professional tarot reader. Uh, I just don't think that I'm um, amazing with people sometimes because I'm a hermit. (laughs) Uh, But for professional tarot readers, I can fully understand how frustrating that must be. Anyway, moving along. So before we move on to the amazing mugwort, I have a little treat from BackyardBanshee.com. 
and it is how to use the Hermit card in your spell work. The Hermit card is an amazing card to work with if you want to perform a ritual to enhance your comfort levels around being alone. No one wants to be lonely, but learning how to genuinely enjoy spending quality time with yourself is a valuable skill to master in order to build your emotional and spiritual autonomy. With the Hermit being linked to Virgo and the sixth house of routines in astrology, use it as a signifier card to help you to build a ritual moment of self-connection in your day. This can be in the morning or when you get up or before you go to bed, whichever feels best to you. How appropriate following the daily practice episode. Choose a quiet, comfortable spot in your home where you can focus and not be disturbed. Make yourself an herbal tea with some Virgo herbs like vervain, lavender, thyme, peppermint, or chamomile. Place the hermit card where you can see it with a Virgo crystal like amazonite, moss agate, or unikite. Practice deep breathing for a few minutes, focusing on calling your inner hermit out to guide you. And as you sip your tea, get your journal and connect with the hermit through journal prompts. Here's a few. What does solitude feel like to me? Where does that come from? How is my relationship with myself doing? How could I support deepening it further? When do I feel connected to nature? Do I prioritize that relationship currently? Do others come to me for advice? How does that make me feel? Go from a prompt and then let your writing take you on a journey into yourself. Virgo rules both the digestive system and the intellect through Mercury, and sometimes your brain just needs to have a brain dump. When you've written enough, take the Hermit card in one hand and your crystal in the other. Take a few more deep breaths, thoughtful, and say an affirmation inspired by this card's energy, such as, all of the answers lie within me, or... I am meeting myself in solitude and greeting myself on this journey. Now you're ready to start your day or go to bed. All right, and that is all for the hermit. So let's talk about mugwort. First off, why mugwort? Well, Both mugwort and the hermit are rolled rolled in dough and fried. Delicious. Both mugwort and the hermit are ruled by the earth element, and both are deeply connected to intuition. But I might not have chosen mugwort for this particular episode if it wasn't for the fact that she showed up to me very recently. So there is a lovely, amazing, beautiful trail near my home. It starts a little less than a mile walk from my house at a park that used to be an old farmstead, and it weaves almost in like a figure eight formation going below roads and around a nearby body of water. You might never know you are right in town if it wasn't for the distant sound of cars. Anyway, I've walked this trail many times, usually letting my mind drift and focusing only on what's a few steps ahead of me or looking for wildlife to take pictures of. Shame on me for not looking more closely. Anyway, this last time I walked the trail, I was with my very good friend Coco, just enjoying a nice day, beautiful weather. We had paused for a bit by the water to talk and snack and had just started out our journey down this eastern lower curve of this particular trail when a familiar shape... (laughs) 
caught my eye and stopped me dead in my tracks. It was mugwort, but I wasn't seeing it in its entirety yet. I was only looking at a small portion of it that had caught my eye. And I was like, is that mugwort? And I'm not ashamed to say I pulled out my phone and used my trusty plant identification app because I'm just not an expert in identification. I mean, I once thought I had yarrow growing all around my house and I was super excited about it and it turned out to be white snake root. (laughs) They are not the same thing. Anyway, my app confirmed my suspicion, and when I got up from crouching low enough to get a good shot with my phone, I realized that the entire trail ahead of me was lined with a thick, rich, green hedge of mugwort as far as my eyes could absolutely make out. I had never noticed it before in all the trips along this path. Never. That was last week, and I hadn't come up with a plant spirit pairing for the hermit yet. So here we are. Coco and I actually have a plan to go back with some bags to pick up any trash we see and some offerings to the plant spirit in hopes that it will grant us permission to take some small basil cuttings to propagate at home. Um, But in the meantime, let's talk about it. (laughs) Mugwort is a member of the genus Artemisia, a group of plants named for the Greek goddess of the moon. According to wayfindertarot.com, Artemisia vulgaris, a beloved herbal ally, is tied to the ancient moon goddess Artemis. She is named after Artemis because of the silver under her leaves that reflect Grandmother Moon's glow. Mugwort opens us up to the ancient memories. She is a soul healer. She tunes us to the invisible realms and strengthens our intuition. We'll dive deeper into the magic and spiritual properties in just a bit. But historically, mugwort has been used in traditional systems of medicine the world over and throughout time. As a folk medicine, mugwort was ingested, smoked, or applied to the skin by way of a poultice. It contains anticoagulant and disinfectant properties and offers a nerve calming effect. This comes from a chemical present in the plant called thujone, which does produce a slight high-like sensation. For this reason, it was once used as, and I'm using quotes, a poor man's substitute for expensive tobacco and sometimes referred to, and I'm using quotes again, sailor's tobacco. It was also used to repel insects, especially moths, from gardens. And in ancient times, it was commonly used as a remedy against fatigue and also believed to protect travelers against evil spirits as well as wild animal attacks. You know, just it's just doing it all. It's just doing it all. Ancient Roman soldiers would even put mugwort in their sandals to protect their feet against fatigue and pain during long journeys. Today, mugwort is taken orally to support digestive health, regular menstruation, and healthy blood pressure. It is also used as a sedative, laxative, and a liver tonic. But this is not a common practice, and only well-educated herbalists might suggest the herb, since the Western world has largely written off this incredible plant as nothing more than a weed. Can you fucking believe it? As a result, it is severely undervalued by Western medicine, despite having many homeopathic uses and benefits. One reason why it's been grossly overlooked might be due to the popularity 
or even the notoriety of its cousin Artemisia absinthium, more commonly known as wormwood, which can be found in absinthe, as well as vermouth. In fact, hops has played a role in obscuring the versatile mugwort as well, because before beer brewers in Europe discovered and began applying hops, mugwort was the commonly used herbal additive that helped to keep beer fresh and aromatic, as well as giving it a notably bitter flavor. But along came hops, and even culinary dishes eventually replaced the usage of mugwort for flavoring with more uh, palatable relatives such as uh, tarragon and sage. So what was once used to flavor beer, as well as many culinary creations as far back as the medieval period, became almost completely diminished and forgotten. But we witches have not forgotten about mugwort. In fact, it's easily one of the most powerfully charged names in the plant kingdom where witchcraft is concerned. This witch queen, finger quotes again, as it's sometimes referred to as, famously appears in many magical recipes from flying ointments and psychic teas to divinatory incense blends and beyond. Magically speaking, mugwort is a psychic and lunar herb that's also strongly protective. In modern witchcraft, it is frequently used to amplify psychic visions and assist in prophetic dreaming. Mugwort, as a plant ally, encourages wisdom and observation and aids in the seeking out of truth when paired with divination. You can place mugwort in a pillow or a small sachet under your own pillow to aid in the production of prophetic dreams. You can burn it during scrying or divination sessions to open yourself up to messages from your higher self, spirit allies, or the divine, especially when paired with sandalwood or wormwood. You can drink her in a tea for the same aim, um, sweetened with honey and drunk before a divination session as part of a ritual practice, always inviting her to enhance your psychic experiences. The same tea can be used as a wash for your divinatory tools, altar tools, or even yourself in preparation for visions or psychic experiences. Sleep traveling or astral projection are also said to be enhanced by the presence of mugwort on a nightstand or by the sleeping or meditating person. And in some Eastern cultures, it is hung in buildings or above doors to ward off the spirits of evil and disease who are said to dislike the scent. Finally, in meditation and close proximity, it is said to remind us of our wild nature and connection to the moon, much like the swiftness in which it grows and spreads and the silvery sheer of the underside of the leaves. You can see how the behavior of a plant and even the appearance of a plant can dictate its spiritual activity, endeavors, aims, thingamabobs, what it likes to do, how it likes to get down. Okay, any of those terms. Struggling with uh, language, uh, we're still in the shadow period. Anyway, she is a plant spirit that is very easy to connect with, mugwort, because connecting with her translates to a connection with the self as well as the universe. So it's, it's almost like, even though it wasn't an obvious hermit herb, 
it's starting to reveal itself as a hermit herb. Anyway, connecting with the self as well as the universe as intuition typically dictates, and she is the wise elder who will happily facilitate such a connection. But you should still always do so respectively, of course. So correspondences and properties for mugwort. As we've covered, intentions, powers, and magical focuses when working with mugwort can include strength, psychic powers, protection, prophetic dreams, healing, astral projection, awareness, divination, fertility and reproductive concerns, guidance, and spirit contact. Her ruling planet is Venus, and zodiac signs associated with the plant are Cancer, Gemini, Libra, Sagittarius, and Taurus. The ruling element is Earth. So, aside from being ruled by the element of Earth and feeling very much like a guiding figure in the plant community, the plant world's wise grandmother to tarot world's sage grandfather in the hermit, you could say. Mugwort doesn't actually have a very huge connection to the hermit, but it does, however, have a deep connection with tarot in general. As a plant ally that assists in nearly all forms of divination, visions, and intuitive gifts. So back to wayfindertarot.com. I found um, mugwort for magic and divination. Mugwort is the perfect plant medicine for the in-between, ancestor work, dream work, Samhain, moon reverence, divination, and ritual. Mugwort is the herb for us tarot seers. If you would like Mugwort to assist in encouraging more magic in your life, you can work with her in a few ways. Dried Mugwort can be smoked or drunk as a tea. The crushed, fresh leaves can be rubbed onto the third eye before ritual and divination or before sleep to garner lucid or vivid dreams. Mugwort tea has been used as a wash for divination and scrying tools and also burned in the act of reekening. Reekening is used for the purpose of clearing the mind, wafting the smoke around the room, object, or person to clear out negative energy and create sacred space. Before I go on, I want to just, want to just make one disclaimer about drinking mugwort tea. It is not for pregnant individuals. I have a mugwort ritual as well as a tarot spread for you before I let you go. Also from wayfindertarot.com. So the mugwort ritual. Gather your tarot deck and any other tools you use for divination at an altar, tree, stream, at a wild mugwort plant, or whatever place feels right. Hold mugwort leaves in your palm and give thanks for this plant spirit. Burn the leaves and hold your tarot deck suspended in the smoke until it has been covered. Do the same for any crystals or ritual tools you have with you. Make a tea from the dried leaves and bring to your sacred space. Anoint your third eye with the waters with the intention of opening your intuitive senses. Then begin shuffling your tarot cards, rooting yourself into the earth and reaching for the moon. So this is a tarot spread. Um, you want to compare, I'm going to try to explain the spread. I've done this before and, <laughs> and I always think I'm doing a terrible job, but imagine a clock face. So the spread, your cards are going to be at 12, 2, 4, 6, 8, and 10 as if they were on a clock face. Okay. So card number one is in the center. That is 
in what ways do I need to embody the archetype of Artemisia in my life? Card number two would be at eight o'clock on the face of a clock. That is, what visions need to be brought out from the unconscious? Card number three at four o'clock. That is what magic is being revealed in my life right now. Card number four is going to be at 10 o'clock. And that is what dreams want to emerge. Card number five is going to be at two o'clock. That is how can I nourish my soul life? Card number six is going to be at 12 o'clock, the top center. In what areas of my life do I need more protection? And card number seven, finally, is at six o'clock, bottom center. What needs to die in order to let something else grow? Uh, As I'm explaining this, I realize that I'm going to need a visual aid, so I will be posting a visual aid on socials just to help with this spread, because it is a really great spread. So um, that is basically all that I have for you today on the Hermit and Mugwort. I hope that it was illuminating. Um, I hope that you learned something. And if you already knew everything I was already talking about, I hope that I just a, a little bit entertained you. So why don't you go ahead and have yourself an amazing weekend? Nope. Why don't you be well first? Be well and have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. If you like what you've been hearing, please drop me a review wherever you listen. If you want some more content, please go to www.aisforagrimony.com where you can find my blog, episode archive, spells and rituals, and soon to come, the coven shop. You can also follow me on Instagram at a underscore is underscore for underscore agrimony. That's an underscore in between every word. Or like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash a is for agrimony. Want to contact me? Shoot an email to reachmargo at a is for agrimony.com. And if you're interested in some exclusive bonus content, you can join me over on Patreon at patreon.com slash a is for agrimony, where I share early release, unedited video format episodes, weekly collective card readings, monthly spells, and much more. You're also welcome to send me some snail mail, if you're that kind of person, to P.O. Box 397, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, zip code 08003. I'd love a good surprise. or not. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for listening. Be well and have an amazing weekend.